0: Hello, and welcome to Narrative. There are two cases that could bring Donald Trump to justice. One is in Georgia, you know the one, where he was looking for 11,780 votes. And the other is the New York fraud case. We have all the details about that one coming up. Thanks to BetterHelp for supporting tonight's show. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com forward slash zev. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Zev. Start living a better life today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a breaking news special event here on Narrative TV. It's good to be with you tonight as we cover a whole lot of breaking news with Joe Dempsey. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, Zev. Good to see you. And our special guest tonight, Kimberly Johnson of the Started Up podcast. How are you, Kimberly? Good to see you again. Good to see you. Thank you. I'm good. Boy, we've had a busy news afternoon. It really has been kind of something. Mm -hmm. I've been struggling to get all these live feeds going and everything, but we thought... We'll just talk it through rather than try to find all these videotapes, right? It's so much easier than that. In reality, <laughs> we've had some significant breaking news just in the last few minutes. The biggest news I suppose that happened in relation to the press conference that Joe Biden had revolves around uh, Ukraine and ostensibly allowing Putin to allow some sort of incursion into Ukraine. We'll clarify what he said in just a few minutes. But the other big news that just broke in the recent past involved the Supreme Court. And I think uh, Joe, you know, have a good understanding of what the Supreme Court is saying about the January 6th committee.
1: I'm sorry to say, Zev, I actually hadn't seen that. I was ah, doing some other okay. things. Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Project. I'll tell everyone then what is happening. Basically, um, the Supreme Court will not block the National Ooh. Archives from turning over the Trump documents Ooh. to the 1-6 This is a significant yeah. event because we've all been waiting for these documents to arrive today. And in fact, they should be arriving now. At any time, because there's really no reason why they should be held back any further. These are significant yeah. documents that involve Donald Trump's activities on January the 6th, you know, who he was talking to, what he was doing throughout the day. All that critical information we will now have that information direct from his documents. So that is coming out tonight. That is not going to make Donald Trump a very happy man tonight. (laughs) I don't think so. And he's he's not had a lot of good news in the last 24 hours. The Letitia James press release, which Mm -hmm. in great detail, and we will go through it tonight, uh, all the things that the Donald Trump organization did in order to fudge the numbers, to dodge taxes and who it involves. Of course, it involves Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka. That's all coming out as well. And we'll go into it in great detail coming up. And of course, we're waiting for a big vote in the Senate tonight regarding voters' rights. And I know, Joe, you have something on that. Yes,
1: there. it looks like Chuck Schumer just took to the floor about, I don't know, 6.30 or so and said that about 8 o'clock is when
0: they're going to have the final vote tonight. Just to remind everybody, this is a vote that will allow for the talking filibuster. Really, that's all it does. And what the talking filibuster does is it allows everybody to be a filibuster which basically people just have natural debate, normal debate for, and then once the debate has run out, which means every senator has spoken once or twice, then they can actually vote. If I'm not mistaken, that's what's gonna happen. Is that correct?
1: Yes, yeah, so everybody's having their say. I was in that sort of hearing all day today, so that's kind of where I was. But these guys are, you know, they're doing something that they haven't really done. I think what we need to sort of point out is that over the last six years or however long Mitch McConnell's been the majority leader when he had that post, he was protecting the Republicans for not ever having to go on record with anything that we really needed to address. So you could, you know, sit in your office and say, no, I don't really support that bill. That became the filibuster. And no one really knew who said I don't want to do it. And nobody really understood the reasons why they didn't want to do it.
0: Correct. So this
1: talking filibuster is going to be, you know, really important if they can get this done because what we saw today or what we're seeing tonight as well you can see people actually making their case to the public as to why they're not supporting voting rights which is Mm -hmm. ridiculous a lot of things that you know mitch mcconnell was talking about i watched mitch mcconnell first thing you know right after chuck schumer spoke this morning and he's just gaslighting the nation it's ridiculous what he was saying um we can talk more later if you want to but it is important to understand this is something the senate hasn't been doing for years it's amazing to watch because people are now able to engage. And if, you know, from a public perspective, understand who the representatives are and what it is that they're representing, and then evaluate whether or not that's truly representative of how they feel. And right, that's it not so
0: unique. <laughs> it, almost doesn't, it almost seems strange in yeah, the setting we're in, right? Is. Because it's so unusual. But this is how, you know, representative government is meant to work, isn't it, Kimberly? <laughs> this is the way democracy works.
2: Yes. Yes, and it's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think that this is our pretty much only hope here. If we can't get this um, with the talking filibuster, I, I don't even want to think about what's going to yeah. if that's the case. But, yeah, I mean, and it's extremely important that we do pass this because I know you're going to get into the Lipisha James and all that, but so this is slightly different. But there's a lot of chatter online about Merrick Garland and the importance of indictments before the midterms. People are putting all this emphasis on, you know, big names in, the Trump, in Trump code are indicted, Mm. that people are going to feel beaten down and not show up to vote in November, which I disagree with, because I don't think Merrick Garland has that power. Mm. Uh, I don't necessarily think an indictment is going to mean anything specific before the elections. But I just want to emphasize that even if we do see an indictment, even if we do, if we don't pass voting rights, and we don't save democracy, none of that will matter. Because Mm. if the Republicans take over, They'll just pardon everybody. There will be no justice.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I have to say that I think Joe Biden is a singularly impressive politician, but also one of the most remarkable presidents America has ever had. And you can't look at the incredible events of the last year and how much he's been able to do and look at it through the jaundiced eyes of Fox News or Newsmax or Mitch McConnell or any of the other Republicans. Because let's not forget that Donald Trump ended his term leaving America in a total chaotic Mm -hmm. mess. There was nothing to be said for America at that time. We were riddled with COVID. People were dying left, right and center. There was no vaccination program. The economy was a mess, yet no plan, none at all. And it was handed over to Joe Biden with very little cooperation. He was hiding details of what his administration had done or hadn't done in many cases. He was uh, restricting access to the Pentagon. He was restricting access to important national security files. And then on top of that, the guy tries to attempt a coup on the way out the door. So right. Biden has become a, an, such an important figure. And you know, the thing is, he's super conciliatory and he doesn't criticize people. And he's just working 24 hours a day, probably, trying to fix the mess that the GOP and the Donald Trump administration left behind. And people are criticizing this man for doing the most phenomenal job. You know, some people standing up in the middle of this press conference, accusing him of not having, uh, you know, I mean, of course he has cognitive abilities. He's running the the superpower that's running the world. Of course he has them. He's fixing every single problem we've ever had, and he's fixing it all at the same time. We've never had a health crisis like this happen on top of an economic crisis like this, happening on top of a trade uh, crisis like this, happening on top of a supply chain crisis like this. Mm -hmm. And he is just walking through this without any difficulty no any difficulty. He's having some hiccups, but generally speaking, <laughs> right. you know, for him to have passed these singular achievements like the infrastructure bill, you know, which is stunning already. I mean, just that on its own is a stunning achievement. Mm-hmm. And for there to be an incredible amount of job growth in the country, a GDP that's flourishing, you've got a situation that, you know, America is really bouncing back from one hell of a hole that we were in mm-hmm. and people dare criticize him. I find that just astonishing to me.
2: I just wanted to say, and this is obvious, that Joe Biden has a stutter. Mm -hmm. And so he's not a young man. Because he's not young doesn't mean that he has lost his cognitive abilities. But it's just like when people get older, they tend to talk a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, he's got a stutter. So they use that to point out that, uh, you know, this ridiculous notion of him having cognitive issues and he doesn't. The last time that angry speech that he gave last week, the dude was you could tell he knew he's very sharp. He knows what he's talking about. And I would argue that actually, if any president that at least in my time had cognitive issues, it would be Reagan Trump.
0: Mm hmm. Well, especially, uh, yeah, exactly. Trump was drunk all the time. Remember that, everybody? Remember he was high all the time? We all knew that. It wasn't a surprise to anybody. Adderall. Uh, Whatever it was on, you know. uh, Some people said it was Adderall. Adderall. Some people said it was alcohol. Who knows what it was? Maybe it was both. But, you know, he wasn't there a lot of the time. We all know that because he used to tweet in the middle of the night, crazy stuff at world leaders, Mm. almost sparking (laughs) world wars. You know, I mean, this guy was not sane. And the fact that the Republican Party has this amnesia about what they did, never mind what... You know, the fact that the people's approval ratings of Joe Biden is so low is stunning because – Mm -hmm. They're missing the plot, you know, four more Mm -hmm. years of Donald Trump. Can you imagine what that would have looked like? Can you imagine one year now into the second administration of Donald Trump would have been a disaster of mammoth Mm -hmm. proportions. And people need to get, you know, have to understand, I don't know what's wrong with American memories. But I mean, we need to start remembering things because if we don't remember things, we're just going to keep repeating them endlessly. And we're in a situation now where people are actually contemplating, you know, returning the Republican Party back into some sort of power where they should be, uh, you know, completely abolished. I mean, there's no reason for the Republican Party to even in existence today. As uh, Biden kept saying repeatedly today, what does Mitch McConnell stand for? What does the Republican Party stand for? Nothing mm-hmm. except being anti Joe Biden, which is really all uh, they seem to care about. Is making sure that the liberals are owned. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. That's half your country that's being owned too, and half yes. your country that's not being effective, and half your country that's losing. So, guess who's losing? All of you are losing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tiring, but it's just the reality of it. Sorry, Joe, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, just I think to your earlier point. Biden is going to be one of the most consequential presidents in the history of this nation, just Mm -hmm. given where we are right now. He's either going to be the last president of a democracy or he'll be the president who saved a democracy. So Mm -hmm. one of those two things is going to happen at this point. That's just Mm -hmm. where we are. The intransigence of the Republicans, they're just simply not willing to participate. I mean you say that the republicans have amnesia i don't know that it's amnesia i think it's continuing their own narrative they were saying that the guy who you know captain Kofefe was a genius (laughs) and a super genius and Mm -hmm. you know now you know they build up their guy and tear down the one who's there for all americans right that's basically what he's saying and the other thing that i took away from a lot of the speeches that are coming out of the republican side this afternoon where you're not an American unless you're a Republican. And that's just wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just wrong.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think what you're saying there about the ecosystem is so true. I think the problem with America is the news networks. You know, you look at Fox News, which is, you know, borderline fiction. I mean, sort of validating no, sometimes. No, it's but
2: straight up lies. It's, it's, it's propaganda not true. and lies. It's not true.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nine times out of 10, you turn there, and you think, well, that's really interesting. You know, it's a take on the news, but it's certainly not the news. It's not a factual right. take on the news. And then it goes from there. It gets much worse. You've got Newsmax right next to it, which is, oh, you know, yeah. pretty cuckoo like pretty out there. Mm -hmm. OAN, which has now been taken off DirecTV, which is owned by the Moonies, and is even more insane. I mean, is the people, they actually run the conspiracy theories that they then cover. That's the way we've gotten to in the American system. Yeah. And frankly, CNN is no better than Fox because they just start gaslighting everybody every day. I mean, that sort of seems to be their mission is to gaslight the entire country. So you're left with the MSNBC, just, you know, sort of responsible, but it's also, you know, a certain point of view. There is no news in this country that is actually the news. It, everyone's got a pointed opinion. And what you're getting is that nobody. is actually is seeing the real truth the truth is things are going really well the reality of it is we are kicking covid because omicron is going to give us a large amount of herd immunity even if it's not total but the reality of it is we've got the pill that's coming along that's going to make it much easier to treat the covid that we do have it doesn't necessarily go away but it's going to be a much easier thing to deal with You know, China, by the way, which used to have no COVID, by the way, miraculously, how is it possible that a country like Mm -hmm. China, which originated COVID, how is it possible that they have no COVID there? Well, they haven't up until now except for Omicron. Now Omicron is causing a problem for them because they weren't really anticipating it and it spreads so wildly and their vaccines don't really work for it. So just a few weeks ahead of the Olympics, China's the one having a problem. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, that's going to be a fascinating turn of events. My point is we're kicking COVID. That's going to be, 95% schools are open now still, according to Joe Biden. That's pretty impressive. In the middle of a pandemic, that means we've obviously done a lot there. People are obviously taking their measures very seriously where they can, where it's happening in the right areas. And the economy is firing on all cylinders. The problem is we've got a bit of inflation. Sure. The other problem is we may have a war. Sure. It's a challenge. But, you know, generally speaking, boy, we are so much better off than we were a year ago. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, that seems to be the case. We have a Republican administration in for X amount of time, one or two terms, and the economy goes to crap and then the Democrats have to come and fix this. And you know, I posted on Twitter a while back something about how we need to get uh, the Voting Rights Acts passed because this election, it's just like you were saying, this could be the end of democracy. And somebody said, oh, no, no, you know, the the Republicans will win, and then they're going to mess everything up, and then the Democrats will win. And it's like, no, not this time. It's not going to work that way. The Republicans are going to do what they've been accusing the Democrats of doing for at least six years now, which is rigging the elections. They are going to rig the elections, and we're going to see Russia-style elections, where you know, they're not really election, and it's going To be 90% for the fascist. You know, it drives me nuts. Going back to your point, people aren't paying attention to what's going on. It goes to that movie Don't Look Up. I think we talked about it. I don't even remember if we talked about it. But the idea of the movie Don't Look Up is just not recognizing what's happening. And I think I posted the other night something about how this is not a debate between Republicans and Democrats. This is literally a debate between reality versus people who are just not even in reality. Yeah, people who yeah. deny reality, science deniers, and what's in front of your face deniers. And whatever it is that the Republicans are accusing the Democrats, of that's what the Republicans are doing. And then that's the argument that they say back to us. And yeah. it's, it's maddening and it's gaslighting. And I wish American people would wake up to it. Unfortunately, because we have Newsmax and OAN and, and these terrible, even CNN, Jeff Zucker is friends with Donald yeah.
0: Trump. Yeah, of course
2: thank you, Ronald Reagan, have the fairness doctrine, and we no longer, we do have nightly news. But how many people are out there watching, you know, NBC or ABC nightly news? And that's the closest thing you're going to get to straight news with no opinion.
0: Well, especially because these news entities are owned by specific corporations and most of these specific corporations have specific agendas and they are not going to allow proper coverage of what's really going on. We saw that there was no real coverage yeah. of what really happened with Trump Russia. Um, there's very little and very limited coverage of what happened on Jan 6. It's only because of outlets like this where we're pushing the boundaries and pushing every time we're on the air, you know, further investigations onto Jan 6. that even MSNBC has picked up that mantle. But you know there's a lot that needs to be done in terms of making sure that we have a news system which is actually taking the news seriously and is not just spouting the opinions of their corporate headquarters which i've been Mm -hmm. there i mean i know this is exactly what happens i mean they'll tell you what you can and can't report and as a journalist Mm -hmm. that's not a place i can be but You know, a lot of people will take the million-dollar salaries to be on, uh, you know, the Mm -hmm. CNN morning show and do the news the way Jeff Zucker wants him to to do the news. I mean, I can't Mm live with that, but, you know, some people can, and a lot of people do. But those people are not Mm -hmm. giving America a real picture of what's going on. I saw every single person standing there today at that press conference, and I was Mm -hmm. blown away by the negativity of the questions. You know, maybe one person sort of gave a sort of… Positive question. Everybody else in that White House press call stood up, and their idea of a good question was to attack the president of the United States for something he had done, which he hadn't even done. It wasn't factually based. It was just sort of an opinion that someone gave them in their newsroom, which they then had to come on into the White House uh, press room there and actually ask the president of the United States an unfounded, unfactual question. And this is what it was like for like it was almost two hours. It was nonsensical accusations against the president of the United States, which in any other country would get you fired from your state-run news organization, frankly. Now, it's fine that we don't do that, we shouldn't do that. But on the other hand, people should at least consider that they're asking, this is the, only the second press conference of the entire administration, and they're not even asking him legitimate questions. They're just trying to play gotcha with him, which doesn't make yeah, you a good rude. journalist. It just makes you one of them, you know, just another typical right-wing you know spokesperson or front person.
1: Well, again, the whole day today seemed to be just fishing for sound bites that you could play to an audience and carve them up however you want to. I mean, one of the questions Mm -hmm. that they asked Biden was, you know, I think one of the first questions was, why isn't the country more united after a year? Well, you've got half the Senate who's not interested. You've got half the Senate who doesn't want to participate. Like I said, they're not interested in governing. They're not interested in reconciliation. They're not interested in bipartisanship. They keep saying, we want bipartisanship. Well, then do something about it, right? If you want bipartisanship, come across the aisle, come across and actually have some conversations that are meaningful and can move things forward. It's Mm. ridiculous. You've got got senators. they don't want it. You've got senators. I want to say it's in Montana, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure where Senator Tester is. I think he's Montana. But but you've got these states where you've got one Republican and one Democratic senator, and they are not on the same page, even what's going on within their own state. How is that possible?
0: Yeah. I mean, I got to say one thing that really bugs me about and why I think this process tonight in the Senate is going to be hopeful I cannot believe that these Republicans are getting away with it. both sides are really accusing Manchin and Cinema of being the reason we can't pass this voters' rights bill. There are fifty Republicans in that Senate who are quite capable of voting for this voters' rights bill if they really support it. They are choosing not to support it in order to create a you know, a domestic fight inside the Democratic Party. But so if
1: you've got senators who are leaving, you've got senators that don't even need to worry about whether or not they're going to be primaried or whether or not they're going to lose their next election because yeah. right. they're retiring
0: and even they won't stand up. You're telling me that Pat Toomey can't stand up in Pennsylvania. I mean, I, he should be able to, there's no reason. And you think he would. What about Murkowski? I mean, she's, I can't believe that she yeah, it. she's basically an independent. Why is she not voting for this? There's so many obvious questions about why the Republicans are not supporting the voters' rights bill that it may- clearly shows us that they are just pro-suppression, that they're not interested in democracy, that they're interested in rigging the elections yet again. You know, we've seen last night, we had Sherry Jacobus on the show where she was detailing, uh, you know, legitimate real evidence of what happened in 2016 about how they rigged the vote in 2016 for Donald Trump to win by releasing the exit polling data to him you know so if that happened in 2016 and we know in 2020 they weren't happy with the election results they almost threw a coup what's going to happen in 22 and 24 because it's not going to get better. I mean, you know, we're, we're heading down a direction which is not good and this party is not interested in democracy, it's not interested in helping people vote, it's not interested in that, it's interested in getting power and rigging the elections, which is what they intend to do going forward. We need to start you know, talking I think-
1: about this as a fascist takeover because that's what this is. We are yes. in the midst of a fascist takeover. They are doing this at the local level, they're doing it at the state level because what they're going to be able to point to is that they are actually following the laws. Well, mm-hmm. The laws themselves are corrupt. The laws themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are not democratically installed. They're not really right. what the people are looking for. It's what the fascists are looking for and what they're setting up mm-hmm. so that they can point to later to say, we followed the laws.
0: Listen, well, apartheid is also based right. on rules and laws, but they were not you know, right. ethically sound or morally sound, and they'll end up causing a lot of pain and hurt. Other well, Trumps heading to jail will have much more on that New York fraud case coming up. Wouldn't life be better if you knew you had a therapist you could message at any time? A therapist available to you at the end of your phone? A therapist to help you with any issue from your relationships to your family to anger and grief or even self-esteem? BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy platform, making professional therapy accessible, affordable and convenient. When you join BetterHelp, you'll be assigned your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. Your sessions with your trusted therapist take place in a safe and private online environment. You don't need to drive anywhere or sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, and no one but you and your therapist needs to know. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So if you don't like your counselor, no problem. It's free and easy to switch counselors if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is also available. Anything you share is confidential. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable. Start living a happier life today. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash zev. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P, dot com slash zev. For 10% off your first month. Thank you, BetterHelp
2: regarding the mansion and cinema argument and there's actually a few more democrats that they're just we don't hear about them as much mansion and cinema are getting all the attention and Mm -hmm. i can't name off the ones but there are a few democrats that are afraid to mess with the filibuster or abolish it. But I think that the reason why everybody, we it's like Joe said, they're attempting a fascist takeover. And so people are not even considering uh, Republicans. I mean, Lisa Murkowski, I agree with you. I think that she should step up, but then we don't know. Every time somebody goes against Trump in the Republican party, they experience some kind of trouble, whether it's death threats to their family. So this is, you know, partially it's an autocracy. In that we have some people legislating as if it were one, and then we have this strong man who is the leader of the Republican Party at this point and he no is office. an autocrat. Yeah, he holds no office, but he holds power over the party. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, there could be an argument made that the Republican Party wants to kind of like let go of him, but they're stuck with him. They're not. Well, I think <laughs> some it.
0: don't. They love I mean, the I checks. I,
2: well, you know what? I, I think they love what he gives them, but mm-hmm. they don't like him. And they're afraid of him. I mean, I think we saw Nikki Haley last year talking about having cognitive tests for presidents mm. and then show your taxes. It's my opinion that the reason she said that is because cognitive, she could throw in there because everybody's saying it about Biden. So it's mm. like, okay, that gives her cover to throw cognitive, but really it's for Donald Trump because mm. he's an idiot and he's a savvy guy and he knows what he's doing. But then the tax thing, Joe Biden already offered his taxes up, uh, Donald Trump refused to do it. And I think that the Republicans would be much happier at this point, rid of Trump and go on their own fascist direction. He. Owned open the gates for them. But Joe Walsh, who is a Republican, or he's an independent now, says tons of people in the Republican Party hate Donald Trump, but they won't say it out loud because they're too afraid.
0: Well, the the problem is, is that you got DeSantis in the wings over there. Yes. Who's far yeah. more scary, in my He's opinion, worse. because yeah. he is smart enough to execute fascism without getting, you know, yes. too caught up in the weed and getting lost in, uh, into the way that Donald Trump did. But, you know, his proposal yesterday to cut the number of congressional districts that have black majorities in half in Florida right. is straight up apartheid. I mean, there's no other mm-hmm. way to describe it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're going to take away rights of black people to vote in the 2022. Is that what you're really going to do in America? That is what the Republican Party is attempting to do. Let's get to the yes. uh, people are, are commenting online. Let's get their comments in. It's at narrative.org forward slash TV. When I was a kid, I thought generally that R&Ds wanted the same thing for people, but the methods to get there were different. That is not the case now. Republicans don't care about the average person. That it could not be any truer than it is right now. Any yeah, of you want to sound off on that? That's really interesting. Any comments on that? Go ahead, Joe. Head.
1: They're at a zero sum game at this point, right? They yeah. just mm-hmm. want to win at any cost because they want the power and they want the money and that's all they want they don't want to govern they want to rule David says if
0: DeSantis becomes POTUS I'm going underground you know, there may be a good reason for a lot of us to go underground. You know, it's yeah. kind of scary when you think about it. It's just uh, we're it's seeing very... the end of a very proud democracy in the end of a country if these people are allowed to continue their illogical and mm-hmm. immoral rule. Uh, Matt Faust says the only solution is a big, fat indictment of Trump and a big news story of his myriad crimes. I agree. So he I is,
1: I don't, he's a criminal. I don't. He's a criminal. Mm. We, we talked about, you know, whether he's cognitively declining. The man's a criminal. I mean, mm. the New York attorney general is investigating the Fulton County DA is investigating and he's being investigated by the Manhattan DA for both, you know, there's civil and there's criminal cases that are against mm-hmm. him at this point. And I think, you know, we will talked about it later, but Letitia James said in her document that it's pretty common for civil and criminal cases to move in mm-hmm. parallel. So mm-hmm. the fact that she even said that tells us there's a criminal case.
0: You know There is a criminal there case. A and criminal. I, th- I think, you know, it's the, if there's a reason Donald Trump is not sleeping well tonight, it's because of Letitia James. I mean, there is just a lot of news going on there. And I want to get into that story as well, but let me just take a couple more comments. Well, Maybe I'd like to
2: just say yeah. about the comment, yeah, about the. Ahead. I think we will see indictments. As I said earlier, I don't think it's going to answer all the questions or be the savior for 2022. I think that mainly we need to get these voting right bills passed. And then we need enough people to get to the polls because historically speaking, and unfortunately I do think that this 2022, I think we're gonna expect a bigger turnout than we saw in say 2014, I don't know if it will be quite as big as 2018 and those indictments. And I'm not going to argue that they're necessary. I absolutely believe they're necessary, but I don't think they're as important as people think they are specifically for the 2022 elections, because we passed these voting rights, we could save democracy and that big fat indictment might come in 23. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to just put this time frame on it yeah. to say that if it doesn't happen this year, it's never going to happen. President Biden's going to be there until 2024. So, Indictments could also come in in 2024 and I don't care if I have to wait an extra year for it I want democracy to be preserved more than anything
1: And at this point we have to look back to our recent past because we're not going to find a savior There's nobody coming in on a white horse that's going to save us. Mueller Mueller didn't save us, the senate intelligence report volume 5 didn't save us Nobody's going to save us but us We Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. to vote, it's that simple If we grow the majority in the senate because we went and we voted we are the people Mm -hmm. who are going to preserve democracy it is only going to be up to us if tonight fails and we don't get a talking filibuster and then you know they don't pass voting rights the fact is they're leaving it again up to us they're abdicating that Mm -hmm. responsibility back to the people and the people are going to have to pick up that mantle and we are going to have to vote like we have never voted before yeah but we Mm -hmm. shouldn't have to do that to your
0: point i mean the reality of it is we should be protecting people's rights to vote i still believe and i don't care how many strategists want to tell me other Otherwise, that the Republicans are going to win in November, I don't believe that they will win the House in November. I just can't believe it because it just defies logic, in my opinion. Even though I've seen the numbers, I've seen the districts, I don't right. think. Jeremy I just Andrews don't even want bad. to hear about
2: the poll numbers. Yeah, no.
0: I don't believe. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> poll numbers are very wrong these days. By the way, some other things that Joe Biden said today: that I, he said about COVID, the job is not yet done. I thought that was a good positioning. In terms of inflation, he said the U.S. economy can beat inflation, but it needs to be more productive, which is a good point. And he's introduced lots of measures to make it more productive. In terms of Build Back Better. He says he's going to prioritize some of those, especially the energy and climate change pieces and get those passed first up. It doesn't look like child care credits are going to get uh, passed. The supply chain, he says, we have to become self-reliant. And he's doing that particularly on computer chips. He says the solution to fixing inflation, for example, in cars, which is a third of our increases in terms of inflation, is getting computer chips. And the computer chip supply chain is being disrupted because of COVID. He says we're going to make computer chips at home and become self-reliant. That's a good, good strategy there. And on Russia Ukraine, Yes, they're the worst sanctions he's ever faced if Putin invades Ukraine, but he did leave the door open for a little incursion. I don't know what that means. I suspect it could mean the Russian parts of Ukraine, like the Dondas, but we'll see uh, how far that goes. And uh, he did say that he brought gas prices down with China and India and all those others in the last few weeks. He was able to bring gas prices down, and uh, I believe he did. They were 15 cents lower, I think, than they were when he first started that initiative when prices started to climb. So. Uh, if you haven't seen the press conference, I thought it was brilliantly done. And Joe Biden is not exactly lightning on TV or anywhere else. He's not the world's greatest speaker. It's okay. You know, we don't need a president that's the right. greatest speaker. It's fine. Right. If he is. It's awesome. You know, if he could, but if that's his weak point, that's fine. As long as he governs well and produces what the American people need, that's perfectly okay. Let's listen to what Letitia James is doing. Let's take a look at what Letitia, Letitia James is doing. <laughs> Because this woman is out for the Trumps. I mean, she really, really is. And she's not going after just Donald Trump uh, senior. She's going after junior and she's going after Ivanka, which personally I couldn't be happier about. Uh, I know. <laughs> so, um, there's Leticia Tisha James on the right. I mean, good, God bless this woman for everything she's putting in here. And, you know, there's some irony, I guess, in the fact that a black woman prosecutor is going to be taking down Donald Trump. I don't mind that irony.
2: Oh, at it's so all,
0: delicious. At all. <laughs> so, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to have a little bit of glee while I think about that. Now, basically what she's saying is that the Trumps have been kind of habitually over inflating the value of their properties. That might seem to you like, so what? we all kind of overrate, you know, say our properties are worth more or whatever. Not so Donald Trump. I mean, he really overinflates the the prices that he thinks he's going to get or the value of their properties. And then he borrows against that, you see, to buy other things. Mm -hmm. And that's how he becomes a billionaire, by being basically a large borrower based on inflated assets. That's not legal. Mm -hmm. You can't do that, Mr. Trump, nor... Can you declare that to the IRS? Because guess what? They're going to say that you're not paying your taxes. And if you remember, it's not the first time a mobster has gone down for uh, not paying his taxes. Yep. So uh, right. this, it's one way to get at someone. That's for sure. So let me run through some of the things here that Tisha pointed out in her very long and interesting uh, press release, <laughs> but also her uh, full on. Uh, it's not an indictment because it isn't an official indictment. It's just a request for them to help her provide evidence and, and testimony on these things. But take the Seven Springs Golf Course, for example, which was bought in 1985, and then in 2004, was worth $80 million. But because he said he was going to build luxury homes there to be valued <laughs> at $161 million, but never did actually build the luxury homes there, $561 million, he declared in 2007 that the property was worth $200 million, and then in 2012, $291 million. and then in 2016, as he was becoming president, he realizes, uh-oh, I better put that down to $54 million, which is probably closer to the average actual cost because he knew he was going to get audited. I mean, this guy has been inflating the value of this property by 200 million or so. That is a significant amount of money and he can't do that because of course you're paying taxes on these things and he's estimated when he paid taxes, he's estimating them at a far lower value. Then uh, in 2012, he bought the Trump Tower triplex, which is the place he lives in at the top floor of the Trump Tower, if he still has it, I don't think he does. He originally valued it at 127 uh, million, which is obviously ridiculous. But then in 2015, he values it at 327 million, also in 2016, 327 million. But that's because he estimated that the actual square foot of the place was 30,000 square feet instead of 10,000 square feet. His own CFO says, Yes, they overstated uh, the amount by give or take $200 million. So just two instances there where they've done $400 million of, sh- of swindling. And Weisselberg is out there obviously saying, yeah, uh, that's what they did. It was just $200 million, $200 million. No. Now, you know, that's all fine. You know, so he's overestimating his, the value of his property, but then he goes to the banks, he goes to Deutsche Bank, and he says, hey, listen, I'm worth this much money because look at all my assets. So let me borrow against that. And then let me buy something else. And he just, this is the thing he does, endlessly and endlessly. And clearly, he's been caught. I mean, there's no doubt about it that Letitia James is pointing out in this very detailed document she has the goods. Weiselberg is obviously singing. So, you know, it yeah. doesn't look good for Donald Trump. If That's funny
2: because it. I heard Weisselberg wasn't going to sing, but maybe he is. And regardless, either way, I think this, I'm hoping what happens, and I said this on the Daily Beans, which I think is going to come out tomorrow, mm-hmm. but, you know, we've been conditioned to be disappointed, even though we have been, you know, again, in 2018 we saw Democratic wins Joe Biden won in 2020 so we have had some wins along the way but for ever since 2015 there's been so many crushing disappointments so many things to make us feel hopeless and mm-hmm. as we look at the Republican Party right now obviously they're terrifying but I think that this particular between the two the, the criminal and the civil suits against these Trumps, I think we're going to see real action Mm. on them this year. And I think what that's going to do, because if we were to get like a one six or even an obstruction indictment, I think it would make our side. And when I say our side, I don't just mean Democrats. I mean, Mm. sane Americans who want democracy. I think it will make our side feel like we've got some power and it will go a very long way. It will help us lift us to the polls. It will lift our spirits It will make us feel like, okay, we're actually seeing some justice. And, you know, I think we're absolutely going to see something coming out of New York. There's a decent, I think, possibility that something maybe with the Georgia lawsuit, yeah. I don't know about that. But with Letitia James, we know that she's serious and she does not mess around. So I, yeah. I do think it's going to give us hope.
0: Now, she's the attorney general. She does civil lawsuits in New York, but she's working with a DA who's new, You know, Cyrus Vance, He's no longer there. And I forget the guy's something or other. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, you know, the I new guy, remember. they're working together to do this. And he was elected. Primarily to get Trump. So is she, frankly. Right. So, you know, yeah. I think it's not looking good for them in New York. And I think that the one reason yeah. that they've been escaping prosecution in the federal courts is because of him being a confidential informant. And I've said this repeatedly, and some people disagree, but I you know, if we're not seeing any signs that there's an investigation around Jan Six, there probably is no investigation around Jan Six. I mean I hear everybody that says well there must be, there must be, there must be, but we're not seeing any of it. Like there's nothing there is there is evidence that there is an in- Investigation at the O.J. because we did see the indictment of Stuart Rhodes. That does provide us with some evidence, but not and of Donald Trump. I'm saying not. A, there's definitely there's investigation. That, that, that's important. But no, not to no, Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah, no, I'm saying Donald Trump I think specifically. That I think investi- everyone else.
1: The, the, fair the game. investigation, but that investigation will lead us to Donald Trump. I think if we continue to follow where the planners are going, that will lead us into the inner circle. The fact that, you know, think of the January 6th committee as the civil portion. And if we say the DOJ is the criminal portion, just like at the uh, New York Attorney General's office, just like they said, we've got civil and criminal running parallel. So I can't imagine that Mary is not doing anything. I 100% agree part, with you that, they are agree. Going that
0: that's what the intention is to investigate the whole thing. I just don't think because he really is a confidential informant of the FBI, and because we have that system, they are not in a position to really go after him. And I don't know whether he helped them as president. Maybe he helped them while he was president. Who knows? He probably has immunity on a federal level or there would be a greater indication that the people around him are being investigated by the DOJ, but we're not seeing that. And the DOJ is stopping at Stewart Road. You know, it's Probably maybe it'll get to Flynn. Maybe it'll get to uh, to Roger Stone. I just don't see it all the way up to even though, you know Kimberly Foyle. Who knows? Maybe that's a possibility. But I don't see it going all the way to the Trump family. And that's why I think there is so much pressure and not even pressure. That's maybe why there is such a setup for Letitia James in New York to do what she's doing. You know, I mean, I think she's the one who's going to go after Donald Trump because she can because she's in a state... Yeah. So I don't disagree with you. Uh of course there's it's clear. Well, you know, we've spent many hours on the show investigating. It's pretty obvious that Donald Trump orchestrated the Jan 6 attempted coup and he did it for months ahead of time. And we all know that, you know, and he did it with his uh incredibly large group of crazy people that he he wanders around with. That's pretty obvious, but you know, will they will he get indicted for that at the DOJ? I don't think we know. My bet is that he won't, but who knows? Uh, I'll be open to be wrong on that. Should we look at some other things that he did? Let's see what other uh, overestimates uh, Mr. Trump is said to have done because it's kind of fun. Here is the Trump golf course in Aberdeen, Scotland, which he bought in... Uh was it 2006? Is that what it says there? $12.6 million. What a good deal he got for that. And somehow he assumed that they were going to be able to build 2,500 luxury homes there. Of course, it's not actually zoned for 2,500 luxury homes. It's only approved for 1,500 apartments, small apartments. So he estimated that the value would be worth in 2011 161 million and in 2014 435 million the 161 million i think came from forbes magazine which wasn't even a real evaluation of the property in 2014 he based it on the building of these luxury homes which he cannot build so another lie in terms of what he's worth he's basically broke by all accounts i mean if you look at what he's this other thing that they say here, that he's got seven Trump branded golf courses between 2013 to 2014, he estimated a 30 percent premium on those assets because he said they used his brand. Huh? And then between 2015 and 2020, it was just a 15 percent premium. But he's basically just marking up the value of his properties just because they are called Trump. Maybe, maybe some value there, but I don't know. And then there's this, the Trump Park Avenue. If he says he's worth 311 million in 2011. It is worth potentially 311 million, but uh, 293 million of that is unsold apartments which he owns in that apartment, in that building. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not actually worth 300 million. If he sells those, it's worth 300 million. You know, and he landed up downgrading some of the value there. But it's interesting that even Ivanka has an 8.5 million dollar to option to buy her apartment, which she rents in the Trump Park Avenue. And on paper, that's valued at $25 million. So even she is aware of this uh, little scheme that he's running and she's part of the scheme, which I'm sure the attorney general must know and think about a lot. Finally, 40 Wall Street bought for $601 million in uh, 2010. This is interesting because Mr. Trump, listen to this, under Mr. Weiselberg's leadership, began working with his son, Jack Weiselberg, who was the director at Ladder Capital, to refinance the $160 million mortgage on this property. So now working for Ladder Capital, the same Cushman and Wakefield team had performed the initial 2010-2012 appraisals value the building at $550 million, which is a lot more than the original, uh, I think it was $250 million that it was initially appraised for. While OAG has obtained evidence that the 2010 appraisal did not reflect a good faith assessment of value using demonstrably incorrect facts and aggressive assumptions. Basically, this is, I think, super significant because it means that they may have Weiselberg's son actually um, maybe caught up in all of this. And maybe that's why Weiselberg is singing a little bit more about what's going on, because it seems he might be implicated in that little scheme. At the end of the day, 40 Wall Street is now estimated by the Trump organization at $700 million, which is far, far more than it's worth. Kimberly, that is a whole lot of criming going on. It feels to me like a whole lot. Yes, of crime. it is.
2: <laughs> it certainly is. But you know, what? I kind of want to go back to the idea about Trump being an informant, which he very well could be. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. say that he is or isn't, but that's a rumor that we've heard. I've never heard that verified in any way, whether it was he had a source or not. Regardless, and I don't know what's going to happen with Donald Trump in 1-6. I would say the safest bet is that he's probably not going to be indicted for that particular event just because of who he is and the history of our country and the history of who has gotten in trouble for certain crimes that they've done. But I do think that and this is a guess and I'm not a fangirl of, of Garland. <laughs> yeah. But I think that there is an argument to be made. You know, they're doing everything they can and, and that point about Joe that Joe made about the one six committee being like the civil side. Yeah, I think they're getting all the information that they can get, and they're going to turn it over. They're going to make their criminal referrals. And it was like a friend of mine was asking me, like, why isn't anything happening to Trump right now? And she doesn't understand any of it. No, she doesn't follow politics. Yeah. So I was trying to tell her, you know, that look in order to take this, obviously they would, you know, they would have to have a grand jury and then they'd have to have an indictment because they'd have to feel like it would be a hundred percent. But I think that when it comes to a former president, no matter who it is, they have to be so very careful. And I'm not talking about any kind of violent retaliation from the other side. If they screw this up, it will be so monumentally bad for everybody. And so frankly, As much as I want to see him indicted for 1-6, I feel like unless that is 100% Mm. conviction, 150%, it's not worth doing it.
1: No. It has to be perfect. To your point, it absolutely has to be perfect. We're talking about one of the largest crimes here, a former president, potentially. And I thought it might be worth asking like a Glenn Kirshner or somebody like that about RICO. Because RICO is, those are huge. Those are enormous Mm. things. Yeah time to develop. Mm -hmm. They take time to assess. And then you have to kind of look and say, do we have the goods on the boss, right? Do we have enough to get to the boss and all of this? And like you said, it has to go so 100% because if you look at what happened, what they did to turn around the 2016 investigations, they turned that into a coup. Mm -hmm. They were able to take that information and gaslight us into all thinking, well, wait a second, Mm -hmm. there's nothing there. Mueller said there was not, Barr said there was nothing there. So there was nothing there. Well, wait a second. There was right. a lot there. And yeah. I think if mm-hmm. you miss, right, if you go after the president and miss, then like you said, they're going to take that and say, do you see what the Democrats try to do? They will take mm-hmm. this witch hunt to the next level. You're and 100% correct. Yes. we can't do.
0: And look, I don't think it's a good idea to go after presidents for political crimes anyhow. Generally speaking, I mean, it was clearly, he was very guilty. We should definitely prosecute if there's 100% proof of that. But it's difficult right it's politics it gets complicated one side starts doing it the other side does it it's a nightmare but on these other crimes where he's clearly swindled the government for millions yes. and millions of dollars and his family is just a corrupt entity. They're basically just a mob family laundering money for the Russians and whomever, and then also lying mm-hmm. about their value. I mean, their assets. It's that absolutely fair game. Go after him as much as possible. Mm-hmm. We should have known this information. Had he disclosed his information cor- correctly yes, and we accurately beforehand, we would have known this and he yeah. would never have been president, but certainly that he kept it a secret and now we're finding it out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, go for it. It. And, you know, it, it goes down to his whole family. Absolutely.
1: To your point about political prosecutions, right? I mean, you look and he was impeached twice, right? Yeah. And to Kimberly, your earlier point about, you know, the Republicans had their chances to get rid of him for good. They could have mm-hmm. convicted him on either one yeah. of those impeachments. True. So yeah. they had their opportunity to get rid of him for good and they didn't. That's but true. what's very interesting is in Georgia, what Fanny Lewis has is a very interesting case because election fraud is a crime, but it's also mm-hmm. political he was politically trying to retain power Mm-hmm. But committing a crime in attempting to do so so now you have this convergence of is it really political or is it a crime so if there are election fraud laws that are on the books in Georgia then he has to be prosecuted for those because he can't be
0: impeached for them. Mm-hmm. He's not the president yeah I think Florida right. may be a different case I think it might be a clearer case I think the problem with Jan 6 is it's gonna come down to what he said you know and what he said he said and it's gonna land up being very very confounding yeah. and confusing unless there's actual tapes and even then we know how he speaks in unclear phrases I do think People That's like the Martin. whole
2: point. Yeah, yeah. He Michael Cohen was talking about he talks yeah. in code, you know, yeah. it'd be a shame if something happened to your wife, if X happened. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's very careful to avoid being so obvious we have we all know what happened and that's what i told my friend taking that to a court of law and successfully presenting that because there's one thing to see it happen and understand what's going on but in a court of law there's certain loopholes and rules i mean we saw it with cosby Mm -hmm. so it's like somebody can be as you know guilty af and still walk away yeah. And again, it's just that cannot happen. And
0: he's savvy and enough to hide next. himself. you know. I mean, he just is. And you could basically they don't have very much as far as I can tell. There's not that much more other than a few phone calls, but who knows? Maybe they've got the transcripts of those phone calls. Yeah. I will say that. I don't know. Mark Meadows does look to me like yeah. a very vulnerable guy right now because he, does, he seems to be yeah. in the middle of all of this in a way that that Trump is actually not. I mean, Trump's at one stage removed, but We saw yesterday with the Epstein um, letter, a subpoena letter, and that's interesting. And Joe, you pointed out that he's on the list there as being responsible for media relations. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, those kinds of people, when you've got, you know, a committee like that set up and a war room and Meadows organizing and orchestrating all of this, he looks like he's in a little bit of trouble. Uh, you know, certainly Michael Flynn is in a lot of trouble. I okay, can't. If he doesn't get arrested, then you know we have you a problem. Don't. And uh, I just want
2: to—I want to read this real quick. Mm. Uh, Alison Gill of Muller wrote just mm. uh, a few minutes ago. It just occurred to me: the SCOTUS ruling may remove any last shred of doubt about privilege claims and could clear the way for DOJ to indict mm. Meadows, since he, as chief of staff, would have stronger privilege claim than Bannon did. So mm. that was her take. I thought that was just
0: uh, It is really interesting. And I'm wondering if this is what they've been waiting for, if the grand jury has not moved forward on the ruling around his you know, contempt of Congress charge because maybe they've been waiting to see what SCOTUS is going to rule. Now that SCOTUS has ruled this, it's mm-hmm. kind of, he really is in contempt right. if he doesn't show up yeah. now. You know, he's got a SCOTUS ruling that says you've got to do it if he doesn't show up and he is guilty AF, as you point out. Uh, boy, <laughs> yeah. uh, that is not a good time for Mark Meadows. So, good point to Alison yeah. Gill on the, uh, on from Mullah she wrote. We have a few more minutes left here. Um, Joe, go ahead. That is, so Mueller. she
1: wrote, Put out a thread today on the New York AG information, and absolutely required yes. reading. I think she did it in three parts, and it just goes through every little bit
0: of everything we all need to know. It's everything mm-hmm. that we need to be aware of. Um, it's required reading. If I'm not going to read right now, what's the take on it? What that she has? Was it too much, too much to it. summarize? Okay. Yeah,
1: it's too much to summarize because like I said, she had to do it sort of in three different parts uh, mm. because it's that long. I think it was a 115 page document. So there's just so much meat on the bone that's in there, which is ridiculous that they're not talking about it. You know, to your point earlier, Walter Cronkite is not walking through that door, okay? We're not in a situation where the news is reporting the news. The news is being mm-hmm. done by the public. The news yeah. is being done mm-hmm. on Twitter. The news is being done yeah. by people who want to see this country remain a democracy. Mm-hmm. So, following you know people like Mueller, she wrote, and understanding and seeing how it's laid out in such simplistic, real-talk language mm-hmm. that everybody can understand it just helps to bring people to where we need to be from a decision-making perspective.
0: Well said. Um, you spoke to Jamie Harrison the other day, didn't you, Kimberly? did. Tell me about that conversation, did. how did it go?
2: Um, it went well. I think, you know, some people that maybe he was being a little bit too, but I think my main point that I wanted to get across, and this all from a conversation actually I tagged him, I think it was November and I was terrified, you know, just And I was like, Democrats have to be stronger. We're dealing with fascists and white supremacists. Hmm. And he came on and he replied,
0: "You there, Kimberly? Uh oh." Okay, I guess Kimberly will rejoin us if she can. Um, sorry to see her go. I was She had us on a cliffhanger there for sure. I was really keen to find out what she was going to say there. Um, oh, well, Kimberly, uh, come back if you can. We'd really want to talk to you and hopefully hear the end of that. Jamie Harrison was good to come on her show, which is the Start Me Up podcast. And you can get uh, to hear that on her Patreon, which I think is Start Me Up pod, if I'm not mistaken. Joe, you've had a a really great few days. The other day, you know, I'm very effusive about you on Twitter because I'm always so blown away by how good you are uh, and how detailed you are about so much of these uh, incredible uh, threads that you have. And the other day, you came up with a good thread that really proved that these two conspiracies the one where we have fake state representatives or electors uh, being put forward, how that sort of mirrors the stuff we're finding in January the 6th. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: You know, you mentioned earlier Mike Flynn, and he's I think one of the most dangerous people Mm -hmm. to our democracy at this point right now. And Mm -hmm. the people that are around him, Sidney Powell, right? You know, Jesse Benal, who was part of his legal team when all he was going through after lying and then pleading guilty for lying uh, Mm -hmm. twice to the FBI. What happened was, you know, we saw that there was these seven false electors mm-hmm. you know uh, seven states mm-hmm. and I started to wonder like okay who are these people and you know what is their background obviously thinking that you know they're high up Republican operatives or you know people who are engaged in Republican public po- uh, politics which you know was exactly what I expected to find but then I started to look at the lawsuits that were brought by Sidney Powell in, in those same states mm-hmm. and what I saw was that 27 of the false electors, actually were plaintiffs in the
0: Kraken lawsuits. Unbelievable. So yeah. it places that the same people that Sidney Powell was using as her plaintiffs, it makes her connected to all those false slate of electors.
1: Absolutely. And what's even worse is is there's not just this crack in lawsuits, but there was defamation that was occurring on the part of Dominion voting systems. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but employees of Dominion voting systems. So there's Mm -hmm. a whole case that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. Rudy Giuliani was deposed in it. Sidney Powell was deposed in the case. Uh, Michelle Malkin from Fox News and uh, Newsmax. Chanel Ryan from OAN, she was deposed in this case. All oh, really? Of these people, oh, absolutely. So that's a whole it,
0: bunch it, of well-known people.
1: It's a whole lot of well-known people. And when you see what they're saying in these depositions, it really tells the story of everything. It's really like a parallel track of exactly what was going on during the Sydney Powell cracking cases. They were looking for affidavits look for the data, right? So there was a portion of uh, Mike Flynn's team that was looking for information, um, looking at the voting data, and they were looking to tell a story. And what ends up happening is they get this story about this guy from Dominion Voting Systems who was on a quote-unquote Antifa call prior, you know, in September. And they said on that call, don't worry, Trump's not gonna win, I made sure of that. And they Hmm. were an employee of Dominion. Now, Hmm. whether or not that's true, is still yet to be determined that this is what's happening. But right now there's a case about the person who was on that call, his name is Eric Coomer, Mm. and that person is suing Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and all these others for defamation because of the lies that were told about the election itself, Mm. saying that it was really him you know, was the main culprit to test why these voting machines and why everything was wrong.
0: He's suing them. He's suing them. That makes sense. Correct. For
1: for defamation.
0: That's where the billion dollar lawsuits come in, right? And that's where Fox News could also be in real trouble as well.
1: Well, Uh, I will say that they will be in real trouble if what's going on in these depositions are accurate. It looks as though information was sent It looks like information was solicited by Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell says, I want to get, there's a specific uh, affidavit that she was interested in getting, and it was based Mm -hmm. on who was on that phone call. And they want that information. That information then became, that affidavit became the cornerstone of these Kraken lawsuits. Mm -hmm. So the big lie is predicated on what potentially could be a little lie as to whether or not this call, A, even, you know, had this person on it and whether or not that person, you know, had anything
0: Mm -hmm. to do with the voting machines. Wow. That's going to be really interesting. Look, I think that it's high time that the Fox News ecosystem, the Newsmax ecosystem, even Facebook, There are too many instruments of propaganda and disinformation in America that are changing the American landscape for the worse and certainly poisoning our political system. These have to be removed. I mean, there's no other way to get at them. They just have to be removed. You know, Fox News is not going to get any better. It's still going to spew lies. And if they do, we'll be in many more lawsuits, but they can probably afford to pay them. We really need to move towards a more truthful news environment. Um, And it doesn't have to be, you know, policed in that way. It doesn't have to be, but we can't have foreign propaganda outlets like OAN and Newsmax and basically Fox News, which is foreign propaganda, or even Facebook. Who knows who really owns and runs Facebook? It gets more interesting every day when we're investigating. It's absolutely important. Uh, We reform our information channels and get those things Sorted out. I think Kimberly might be back just on the.
1: <laughs> and I and Zed, let's just I just want to apologize. I don't yeah. want to you know sort of go on this tangent uh, sort of at the end of the show here yeah. without a lot of information. So I will tweet what I put together in a thread about that entire
0: ordeal. Uh, oh, no, great. put it right underneath this uh, feed. It'll be great for everyone yeah. to read. We are going to have to have Kimberly back another time to figure out exactly what she said to, to Jamie Harrison or what Jamie Harrison said to her, or. Better still, you can go right now to her podcast, um, which is amazing, and I really recommend it. It's called the Start Me Up podcast, uh, and uh, she interviews Jamie Harrison on her most recent podcast. I'll put that in the replies below this feed as well. And it's uh, DNC chairman uh, Jamie Harrison talking about the need to be hopeful, while at the same time taking a cue from the right and using fear as a motivator. Fear is a good motivator, I agree. Now, people should be watching for the next hour because at eight o'clock, um, wherever your TVs are, they should be looking at the Senate because who knows if there'll be a surprise there as they vote to perhaps change the rules to allow for a talking filibuster. And the talking filibuster might allow for uh, voters' rights bills to be uh, finally passed if they can get through the talking filibuster. Couldn't believe. I'm like, oh, look at this. I think she's actually back. Ha-ha. The extended version of the show <laughs> we're getting longer just for you yeah. <laughs> i mean
2: i was so frustrating <laughs> i know for us too because
0: we really want to hear what jamie harrison I, said to you
2: okay well basically the thing I wanted to be very clear is that in 2008 i was following politics but i wasn't a junkie and what made me a political junkie was not Barack Obama. and you know, the way that he could give a speech he was such a wonderful order he was great and he had my vote but the person the thing that made me a political junkie was sarah and it's because she scared me and she woke me up to oh my god you know we've i've got to pay attention closer attention to this um utilizing like fear is a motivator so yes we have to inspire we have to make democrats feel emotional but telling us what We're going to give us, or what they have given us, while extremely important, is not going to send us to the polls. Like, if we remind you, you're going to lose your Medicare, you're going to lose your Social Security, you're going to lose a right to a free and you're going to lose your right to reproductive freedom. Make sure people understand what they're going to lose.
0: Absolutely. Just think about Trump two oh my wife. DeSantis Wi-Fi. or whatever. That's <laughs> that's continue. Going on. <laughs> oh, my Wi is gonna be my new curse. Um so, yeah, but I mean think about what would Trump administration, another Trump Can administration, would look like. We've got all that, Kimberly, which is good. I'm now gonna really say goodbye because <laughs> this is moving from artisanal to kind of just uh Um, satirical but I'm going to uh, play the outro here I'm going to say goodnight to everybody thank you Kimberly Johnson at author Kimberly and also our podcast The start me up podcast and Joe Dempsey from uh, Twitter at Dempsey2 is where you can follow him and we'll post all the relevant stuff just below this feed on Twitter thank you very much for being here tonight we'll see you again on Friday for the after show have a good night everybody narrative is made possible by viewers like you join today and support truly independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative that's patreon.com forward slash narrative